You're listening to the PBE Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the feed on Spotify, Pocket Casts, Anchor, or wherever else you listen to your podcasts. You don't want to miss any great audio content from the pro baseball experience. Now let's get on with today's show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Crush Fan Podcast. I'm your host, Cantherion, a.k.a. Chris Crush Jacob, because Chris Crush will make the ball jump, jump. I am joined by one of our fine rookies who just made a quite hilarious media piece, Pirate Captain Dom, a.k.a. Crozier McCoy. Did I get yep, it? Yep, you got it. Yep. How yeah. you doing? I'm good. How great. Okay, that's what we're going to kick off with because I read okay. that a couple times and man, did that thing make me laugh. Um What's your okay? Okay, I'm gonna get my. I, I can't get ahead of myself. We're gonna start with what we always start with on our newest guests. I gotta find out about the baseball origins first, and let me set the table. Tell you about my origin story just a little bit, just a hint. Okay. Because our, our listeners have heard it too many times. I am a huge <laughs> Cubs fan, born in the in the city, raised in the suburbs. I actually went to like three or four games a season. My grandparents had season tickets through their work that they got to go to. You know, like three or four games-ish a season, yeah. and uh, grew up, my favorite player was Mark Grace. Gracie was was the man. Uh, that's the that's the short, short version. And uh, yeah, give me, give me your baseball origin story. What got you into baseball? So I am, as of, as of this recording, uh, 19, and I did not care about sports at all until I was about 17. Um, my dad had always really been into every sport. And it just never really clicked with me. And uh, one time it was actually esports that was my first sport. And then everything kind of sprang from there. Um, for baseball in particular, I'm a huge uh, I'm a huge Cleveland Indians fan. Well, it might not be the Indians soon enough, but we'll see. And I've only gone into baseball uh, this previous year. I think it's a it's an interesting sport because it's so. It just has such a unique pace and it, it really grabs your attention as something you can watch and enjoy with friends while not being too worried about what's happening, even if it's a team you like. So I like it from that kind of emotional aspect. So that's really what got me into baseball was it just feels so different from uh, everything else. Oh man, you sound like a well-adjusted fan, which I can't relate to. I just I'm not in football, but I am in every other sport. Okay. Yeah, cuz yeah. I was going to say like I I definitely invest too much of my self-worth into these teams that I have no effect <laughs> on. So it's a good thing that you you talk about at least baseball and say like, yeah, it's it's fun to watch. I don't get crazy if they lose. I enjoy it if yep. they win. That's perfect. I really wish I could approach sports that way. Even I'm not even that into football. And even when when the Bears lose, I'm the same way. I'm just like, are you kidding me? And I don't even. <laughs> I care. was um, I I am a huge uh, Saints fan. I know Indian Saints is a weird combo, and this last season sent me into such like a depressive sprawl that I just like I couldn't even like play Madden, you know, without getting like really angry or upset. Uh, but baseball is like never. I don't know. I just it's it's such a calming sport that I don't think I could get angry at it. Yeah, I think a lot of it, too, comes with the downtime between things happening, right? It's sure. hard to get anxious 
about things or stress them when it's like, okay, it's, there's going to be like a minute before anything big happens and, and it's probably just going to be a strikeout. So who cares? It's fine. <laughs> Playoff baseball is anxiety inducing because you, every, every at that feels like an hour, really. That's a fair point. Yeah. And I, yep. I think with the, the fans um, coming back in full force, potentially this season, uh, the games will feel a lot more intense. I feel like those that yep. shortened season, those games didn't feel like even even towards the end of that season, the the games didn't feel that important or big to me. Yeah, it was it was a weird it was a weird uh, sports year all around, you know. So <laughs> it's hard to base. Um, it's it's hard to kind of understand those experiences because I, it's never been experienced before. You know, like baseball, football, every other sport will never be like it was this year. So, yeah, we weird. can only hope. We can only we can only hope that things continue to get better, and in the meantime, sure. we just continue to survive. I guess this is how yep. we do it. So, uh, so yeah, so that's the the baseball origin story, relatively recent, which is which is awesome. Always love to hear about new fans coming into the sport. Uh, so PBE in general. Uh, for me, this is actually my first sim league. I got hmm. into this because there was an outage in Out of the Park Perfect Team, and <laughs> uh, they started posting links. Specifically, Crazy Katie Cat was posting links to the PBE stuff and was like, "Hey, you should hmm. check this out while you have some downtime." Uh, and I clicked the links, and I was like, "Oh, cool! A bunch of other people who are nerds about stats. Like, let's. This is gonna be great." <laughs> and yeah. That's that's how I got into it. So what what brought you over to PB? Uh, so I, I actually, in particular, Cat uh, is a very funny one because I'm I'm a GM in uh, Super Casual, uh, which is a football league, and I drafted Cat uh, having no idea at all that she was important in other leagues. Like I I did not know a single thing about PBE. I went on ISFL once, had a panic attack, and left. Uh, uh, but as a whole, I I got into this kind of startup league that I learned about on Instagram uh, through advertising, and that's well gone now. It fell apart after the second season, and I went to Super Casual from there. And Super Casual is super uh, in contact with PB like all the time. The advertisements are there; it's an official partner. Um, and I, I wanted a sim league where you could get more invested in a character and the idea of a player because super casual is a fantastic league, but it, it just, it doesn't scratch that itch of sports for me. You know, it, it feels more like a, it feels more like a hangout spot than a sport. And uh, that's what I came to PBE for was I wanted something that I could invest a lot into. And I've, I've gotten that really. Um, this is a very, immersive and well-constructed league uh, it's it's huge like so much bigger than any other project i've been a part of and as a whole it's just uh it's a very fun league so yeah i came here to kind of broaden my horizons a little bit in sim sports yeah definitely i i know that there are just so many sim leagues out there there's there's such yep. a wide variance and a lot of people play like in two three four of them yeah, um, and yeah. it's and it's all fun, but I'm I, I don't know for me it's because I do invest so much time into PBE 
I just don't feel like I have time for even even if they're just like log in for thirty no, minutes a week, not... you know. <laughs> you get that a lot. Um, I have been. Uh, I, I'm not like trying to advertise here. I'm I'm running uh, my own league, and a lot of times when you invite people, they'll just be like, "Oh, sorry, I'm putting too much time into PVE already." <laughs> and that's like, um, it's it's definitely in terms of work to entertainment. This is one of the lower ratios where you really have to put a lot of time in to be good. And um, for some people, that's not interesting. And for some people, it's all they can do. You know, uh, I am not one of those people because I have too much free time. But I, I understand a lot of people just do not have that time, right, to invest in multiple leagues. Um, I am not one of those people. So. Yeah, I think... You're absolutely right. It's the, it's the you have to put in a lot of time to to have a lot of fun with this place. Like you can be yep. super casual if you're if you want to play a relief pitcher and just <laughs> and that and then you can you know you'll eventually hit like a thousand TP without trying and then start into regression and just create a new character. That's you can totally do that. Um, but with a position player, even even with a, a big man on campus, it's pretty tough. It's pretty tough to sure. to be a decent hitter. Um, or even be yep. a decent starting pitcher with a low TP like that. So, uh, yep. yeah, I think it's it's possible, but it's tough. So, so yeah, I, yep. I I definitely put in a lot of time. I definitely have a lot of fun. Uh, the locker room has become like th- this is my friend squad. This is pretty much it at this point. This um, is a um I I don't know how other rosters in this uh, league function yet. But I have been so surprised with how friendly and helpful the people in the Kingpins are. Like, this is such a nice group of people. Um, and I, most of the leagues I'm in, the team locker rooms are, like, pretty quiet. And it's usually the general chat. PBE is the exact opposite. It's totally on the team you're on. And uh, this is a very nice group of people. So I'm pretty glad I got picked up by the Kingpins. Awesome. I mean, we're glad to have you, obviously. But, yeah, yeah. I think... I think pretty much the friendliness levels are equal across the locker rooms. But mm. Definitely, I've only I'm only in uh, two main chats because I I have my majors team, and I can tell you that both of those generals, uh, the, the kingpins is significantly more active than the scorpions general. Mm. Um, but but again, when they it's it's not that people say bad things; they're just not active in general as much over there. They they are actually a little bit more active in the lobby sometimes. It kind of goes back and forth. But with the kingpins, it's hands down. Yeah, we we hang out in the speakeasy and kind of do our own thing, which is great. But yeah, I think ultimately that's that's kind of what kept me in the league. I don't think I would have stayed invested in PBE if the locker room interaction hadn't been there. I think I would have yeah. just moved on after the first week. So. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's something that's really up to um, good GMing. And I've seen that in pretty much every single league I've been in, is if you are someone who, as, an, uh, as a coach or GM or whatever that league is running, if you are someone who creates a active place where people feel safe and want to talk, you will almost always be successful, like as a team GM. It seems like that's like the most important thing you can do in a sim league. Yeah, I I agree with that. It's in I mean part of it is kind of being a little bit of a pest and saying like, hey, don't forget your updates or 
Hey, yeah, how's sure. everything going? But it it's so friendly and so like the yeah, both of our GMs are amazing. <laughs> so I, yeah, so I agree. It's, we're kinda spoiled, but I, <laughs> I think that everyone yeah, everyone I've interacted with in the team, in the league, you know, beyond beyond the people we would normally run into, like folks in the head office or you know, the commission yeah. himself, uh, everyone's really nice, really helpful. Uh, it's just that level of engagement, like like outside of our locker room, that level of engagement probably doesn't go beyond PBE very often. So yeah. I think I think that's what kind of keeps me here is we kind of talk about whatever in the <laughs> locker room. It's the constant venting. It's healthy, I'm sure. <laughs> so I spoke a little bit last week about role-playing in general because I was feeling yeah. – I wasn't feeling burnt out, but I was getting to the point where I was starting to wonder, like, is this still fun for me? Am I still enjoying the game? Am I still having fun? And yeah. so I kind of went back to my roots and character creation. And I have a whole backstory for Chris Jacob. And there's there's a moment in his life where tra- uh, like a tragedy strikes. He abandons baseball. You know, to to explain how he didn't get drafted into actual baseball. So he abandons yeah. baseball. He becomes a firefighter because his friend dies in a fire. And uh, but but he's grown up with his sister, who's actually a pitcher, and they've kind of like huh. helped each other grow as as time has gone on. So he kind of abandons that path, and then sees her being successful and kind of comes back to it, helps her out, becomes like an, a coach at her college team. And that's how the scouts kind of find him. So it's it's more more detailed and more nuanced than that. But that's kind of the the core arc. He's not a sure. superhero, right? He you know um, he he just wanted to be helpful and do good things, and then realized he could still be that person back in baseball again. So that's kind yeah. of the origin story I wrote. But do you have does does Crozier McCoy have a, a backstory like that written out? Uh, so kind of is the answer. Uh, Crozier McCoy is. Kind of based off of me if I was a bit more of a douche. Uh, <laughs> and he, his his general life story is pretty boring. Um, had a really stable home life. Uh, picked up baseball more out of necessity and being good than hobby. Uh, and, and he enjoys baseball, but he more so just wants money. Right? Like, Inherently, he's kind of a selfish dude, uh, and he does it for his family, but he does not enjoy what he does. Um, he just grew up with it. Uh, parents both enjoyed sports and just discovered he really had a talent for uh, gaining muscle and slamming the shit out of the ball, right? So that's kind of the path he's always chosen. Uh, in high school, in college, he was always told he was good at it, and he just kind of kept going and more or less, like, winds up in the pros because he feels like that's where he should be. But if he wasn't getting money to play, like, he would drop out immediately. He wouldn't even, like, consider staying in. So that's that's pretty much it for the McCoy backstory. Like, it's, it's pretty boring. <laughs> no, I like it. I mean, it doesn't have to be... So I... I've GM'd like three different D and D campaigns, and I, I <laughs> sure. have actively played in like seven, and sure. I have one Super going fun. right now. So it's it's all of that going on in my brain. I have yeah. to write these things out. I don't have a choice. Sure. Like, <laughs> so I think um, the thing I have to get a personality, and then I I kind of paint 
a vague backstory off of that. So that's what I like. I need to write is the personality. I don't really need to flesh out the backstory. I like kind of um, I I make how the character is, and then I have events that modify how they are. So that's kind of like my process for writing is I don't really flesh out a backstory. Yeah, we just we both have not necessarily opposite approaches. We just differ. Yeah, I, sure. so I do the yeah. opposite, right? Like I write the backstory and I think like, how <laughs> would this make this character act? Yep. Um, which again, I think is what the PB like the um, the player handbook kind of has you do, right? <laughs> it kind of has you before you write what a character is. Yeah. Um, you kind of you kind of have the stats and you kind of build their background and say like, okay, now it, I mean it's. That's what it really is. It's like I'm still stuck in intro to role playing in a lot of ways, where yeah. the the character's build dictates the behavior or dictates the the how he acts in situations. Yeah. So not necessarily a bad approach, but that's just that's just what I sure. do. I don't know. But that, that's uh, that's kind of uh, the the joke about Crozier McCoy is that he's a kind of like a a, a meathead, a power slugger. But his personality is like super soft, intellectual. You know, like he loves uh, he loves his poetry and his dog and his family. So I kind of tried to create a uh, uh, a sense of irony there by making a power slugging first baseman that acts nothing like a power slugging first baseman. It's it, the whole thing is just working for me. It's great. It's nice. fantastic. Thank so, you. So talk me through a little bit uh, your process for writing that, that media piece, because that media piece was fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I don't have, have you seen the other two media pieces I wrote? Um, the, there's the one about the, the disgruntled email and then the draft interview questions. Yes. Okay. Um, so that style of reporter asking a question, and it's important that you give the reporter a character too, um, because they can be just as important to the mood of the piece as the uh, character can. But that that style of question answer uh, is it's a very easy way to help keep yourself organized when you're writing, and it allows me to kind of fill up word count by saying like, okay, I'm looking for 1,500 words, so I'll put in two more questions. Um, so that's that's the structure. The actual idea of this, I I, ins I, I was watching a, um, a Joe Ingalls interview. <laughs> it was that hilarious Australian uh, basketball player. And he was talking about how he gets along with certain players in the locker room. And someone asked him if, uh, or how Donovan Mitchell has earned respect. And Joe Ingalls just looks at the reporter and says he hasn't. And I, I think that kind of inspired me to write an article about what McCoy would interact with uh, against across other players on the team, because this team has such a weird array of different characters, right? Like Benson and um, Scary Terry is hilarious. And then, um, you know, Crush Jacob I wanted to write about because, like, you and I personally interact a lot in the locker room. So what I did was I sketched out a rough outline of everyone's personalities. I'll probably do this again because this was a great format. 
And then I just picked the ones that I thought Crozier McCoy would interact with the most humorously. Uh, the, the denying a player joke came out of nowhere. I, that was a 4 a.m. thing. I can't tell you what inspired me for it. I know it's funny. I don't know why it's funny. Um, <laughs> but as a whole, I think this locker room just had characters that naturally matched up with McCoy not in, in a funny way. So I figured I'd write them, right? Because McCoy is the kind of guy that thinks about things too much and tries to rationalize things to himself and to others. So to see him try to explain like a bee that could pitch or someone with claws swinging the bat is naturally like so funny to me that the idea just immediately jumped into my head. And I, I think that's really how that article came to be was um, a mix of 4 a.m. humor and the perfect uh, personality matchups of the locker room. So. Yeah, it's it's now a running joke. Like, it's now a nice. joke forever. Uh, <laughs> and I don't, I don't know if any one of us will ever acknowledge the existence of Jared Gofford again. I don't know if it'll ever happen. So that's, yeah, so well done on that. And, <laughs> I'm, and scared I loved, to, uh, I'm scared to put up a presser because I feel like someone's going to ask that question. Right. Well, it's a very easy response. Who? Yeah. <laughs> Who the hell are you talking about? Why? What the fuck are you saying, man? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I and and then I loved how you also integrated our uh, kind of silent partners. Right. We have a lot of people in our locker room who, yeah, um, you know, for whatever reason, real life getting in the way or just how they prefer to play, they they don't talk a ton. Um, yeah. And really, the only interactions they'll have are when the jams reach out to them, and then they'll, they'll you know, do the updates. Yeah. Uh, so it was cool to see that as well. You know, you got like Atlas in there, sure. you got Vinny in there, so that was a lot of fun. You got Hortle in there, who should be becoming more active uh, due to freeing up some uh, personal time, which is a good thing. But yeah, um, yeah overall, like I said, I just loved the format. I, it was a really fun read. Thank you. And it reminds me of why I do the podcast instead of writing is because I feel, I don't know, I like, I like creative. Because writing. you, uh, you looked at this and you were like, wow, this is trash. <laughs> no, because, because I looked at it and it was like, man, it's something that I probably should have thought of, but I didn't. And how long have yeah. I been doing, you know, I've been doing this over three months now. And I was like, that, that yeah. would have never come to me. So it's like I'm so glad that there are people who have that ability. You know, I can I can write in a vacuum, and I can steal very heavily from fiction, from life, whatever. So I can put together a decent D and D campaign, yeah, uh, or a decent character. But actually, kind of, it's yeah that almost improv style of writing and letting that personality kind of let the writing go where it's going to go. Yeah, that's. I don't have that. So, so kudos. That's really cool. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, tell you what, um, this is definitely not going to be my first ever uh, interacting with teammates uh, piece. I think next, the next piece, I'm going to see if I can get a couple of kingpins to collaborate on it and have them write out like what their ideal interaction between their character and McCoy is and try to like graph that all out. Because this is like, we can do so much with this format. <laughs> I haven't even touched like half of the locker room. 
So I, I think we can, um, I think not only me, but I think this whole Kingpin's team can really uh, utilize this style of interacting with your teammates to write like good media pieces. Yeah, there, there are a lot of folks who are eager and anxious to do collaborations. So it's just a matter of finding the time. And it's it's so much easier if it's on a media piece like that where you can kind of have those conversations in the background and then just put yep. something together. So you'll, you'll get a lot of people buying into that for sure. That's going to be good. Nice. But yeah, the, the podcast, again, I, I do it because I am a... I'm a historian at heart, which is weird to say because I really don't like history in general. But when it comes to like tribal knowledge and, and living history, I get excited. So kind of collecting people's stories and being a repository. Like you can listen to my podcasts and hear about a bunch of people who have interacted with the Kingpins, who are prominent names within the Kingpins, who are up and comers, and hear about everyone's baseball origins and what they like about the PBE. Yeah. And I, I feel like I could just do this forever. Like, I really like that format. Um, and then occasionally I'll have more serious conversations or more more targeted conversations about PBE yeah. and stuff in general. But, uh, yeah, just, a di again, it's a different approach. But ultimately, uh, yeah, the, the, the payout for the work that I put into this is significantly more than the work I would have to put in to get something close to what you put together, if that makes sense. Sure. Thank you. I think um, I, I think because PBE is so big. Um, okay, guesstimate the number of players in this league because it has to be at least like two hundred, right? Yeah, I would say I think it's three hundred ish. Two, oh, two or three. Wow. Yeah, it's between two and three for sure. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I couldn't tell you which end it's closer to. I think because of the monumental size of this league stuff like podcasts is cool um because i am just one small piece like i i could go out there and like become commissioner someday right obviously i won't but even then i would still just be like a moving piece in this puzzle of like so many people and i it's it's really cool that you run this um to document all of those pieces that you can that are close to you because every single person's interaction in something as big as PBE is going to be so different. And this really helps grasp the monumental like size and structure of this league. So I, I think it's really cool what you're doing here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, Literally, I can talk for an hour every week about one minor league team. That's that's how big this league is. That's how much content yeah. there really is. So, yeah, yeah you're absolutely right. And uh, shout out to Hummus God, who uh, will soon be out of a job thanks to Pirate Captain Dom. So, uh, looking forward to that transition. I don't need to power. two weeks. I don't need to run two. <laughs> Hopefully, it's a peaceful transition. Hopefully, uh, Hummus God doesn't resist too mightily. No, he's a, he's a great dude. He, I think he'd get a laugh out of that. That's oh, I love great. him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's so that is another point, right, is obviously the media pieces are exciting and fun to do and really contribute to the league, but you mentioned how you kind of have a lot of free time. Lots of league positions out there. Things are constantly, yep. like, it seems like every week they're posting some new job or some old <laughs> job that got, you know, someone had to step down. 
So, yeah. um, so are, are those in your future? Do you think as well? Um, I applied for a community organizer, got declined. Uh, that probably will not stop me. I think right now I'm not going to, I'm particularly busy with, uh, you know, first year of college and other leagues, but I, I do think the eventual goal is to pick up, um, a job which either revolves around, um, administrative stuff like head office or a, a community interaction role, you know, like social media, uh, because those are the two things that I really enjoy uh, helping to run is, you know, either outreach and interacting with people or implementing ideas in the league and how they are executed. So that's, that's probably the positions I'd gravitate to. I would never GM. I admire the college, the courage of people who do GM. Uh, I am not organized enough. I do not plan things enough. <laughs> and I, it's just not something I enjoy doing. But I, there are definitely roles and jobs in the league that I hope to pick up someday. I don't think I can get them yet because I'm a rookie, but I think I will be able to soon. So. Yeah, I mean, we talked about how, you know, the one of the great things about baseball and PBE in general is, is that lack of crucial investment, right? Like, you don't get too invested in things. And I think sure. that's really difficult to remove yourself from if you're a GM, right? Because yeah. you're putting in the long hours, your interactions with your team, oh, although it's, it's often so personal. targeted, yeah. So it's it's one of those like if you're spending all of your time and energy doing that, you're going to be you're going to put that again that self-worth goes into how the team performs and I feel like yep. for me me being a GM that would just it would kill half of the fun for me. <laughs> I um I picked up a uh co-GM in a, another league, made one trade that was regarded as bad and it crushed me so bad that I wanted to quit. Like in the first week of being a GM, because just hearing like two people be like, that was a bad trade, just like took the life out of me. <laughs> it's tough. It is. Yeah. And then, and then it's, I mean, it's like, where were you guys before I made the trade? Why, why weren't you guys helping me out with that? But anyway, that's fine. Yep. That's funny. But yeah, so. So that's that's kind of the setup. That's kind of everything that's going on. Love what you're bringing to the team. Let's Thank talk you. about the team a little bit, and okay. we'll start with we'll start with kind of the overarching stuff. Yeah, because this team. So let me give you the history. I'll show you that history. All right. Um, this is the Kingpin's history right here. So I, I don't know how well you can see it on your window, but a uh, very. Very slow progression, it looks like. Yeah, you can see uh, they have never had that. We've never had a winning record. We've had a last season was very exciting because we finally had a break even season. Yeah. And now this season, well over winning. Yes. By a wide margin. Wow. Actually conforming to standards. And you can see, looking at last year, the expected. record was a little bit higher than what we had you know take it with a grain of salt obviously it's a lot of back-end calculations but sure. huh. 
but yeah, so the the three ninety eight ERA kind of playoffs this season. Playoffs last uh, our three years in a row is pretty clean, actually. Uh, playoffs last three seasons and uh, World Series back to back, right? Wow, so that's yeah, that's we're hoping for three in a row World Series, and hopefully this one's the one. <laughs> looks looks like we are probably on track. Hopefully, yeah. So um, so just by the numbers. The the pitching for the Kingpins has always been pretty much the strong point. Yes, um, Benson is crazy good. True. Yes. Very true. Uh, but the <laughs> but this year, number one ERA from the starters, wow. second best field independent pitching overall, fourth best bullpen. Our bullpen's been beat up a little bit uh, for no reason. You can see like Kaladin <laughs> is basically a max stat now, and he is like significantly worse than he was in uh, in the last season. <laughs> Not as many innings obviously. He was he was brand new, but um he's very close to max statted and just just kind of underperforming, so that's tough. That's rough. Yeah. Uh, but not getting up the long ball and just yeah, the walks are getting him. He's he's got more strikeouts, but he's got he's got a lot more walks and he's got a lot more hits. Yeah, that looks like um that looks like the stat line of someone who is uh, a victim of how kind of random baseball is as a sport uh, where, you know, it's, it's so situational that you will be one of the best pitchers in the league, but just have one particular bad inning and all of a sudden you've given up five earned runs, you know, oh, for sure. that's how the sport is. Yeah. And that's, and that's especially, um, it, it's a risk you, with running stoppers. Right? Yep. So basically, you're saying like this is it. This is this is the guy who's going to be in uh, for the rest of the game. So win or lose, it's on him. And you'll see it in the Sims. Sometimes you're getting pitch counts up to like 40 or 50, and they're just gassed. They're, <laughs> they're just like yeah. they're throwing grapefruits up there, and it's like, well, it's, <laughs> listen, we still think he was the best guy to put into that situation. Um, and that's and I don't know. There are arguments we've tried to run Sims about. Um, yeah, eighth or later lead. We've tried to run scenes mm. where it's we actually have a traditional setup and, and closer roles instead of stoppers. And uh, I don't know. We've just got two really strong active players, so it it that's what the sim seems to like. The sim seems to be on board with it. <laughs> but yeah, looking overall, I mean, again, if we're if we're comparing to the majors, uh, anything sub one point two whip is really good, really yeah. really good. Um, and stuff that's close to it, like even 1.3 is not a bad whip by any any means. Sure. Uh, and then look at yeah, I, all these FIPS. I mean, this is, we've got a lot of really strong pitching. Sure. Um, what impresses me about this pitching staff, more so than having one or two stars, is it looks very consistent. And there's only one or two players who have stat lines that are bad enough to kind of pop out. The rest are at worst average. Um, yeah. Like like that ERA, you know, there's only two ERAs on there that are really like brutally bad. <laughs> um, oh, three, sorry. But it, it looks, it's nice and consistent because if you have four guys that can give you sub 390, you know, that's that's very good. Um. Yeah, with with PBE standards, really anything sub four is like insane. <laughs> sure. So anything like sub four and a half is still actually good. Like Hunter Sky yeah. is still actually pretty good, even though he's underperforming. He's actually still pretty good. 
Um, sure. And then we've you know we've got a rookie. Rookie starter is going to get beat up. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then we've got a bot who man, he's had some really good seasons for us. Um, just not having Pickle a good pocket. one this season. Pickle pocket. He is a bot. That's going to be the the newest media piece. <laughs> Pickle pocket. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, we've got some fun bots in uh, in Kingpin, of course. Al Capone. Yeah. Uh, Renato, I, I don't know who that is. Schumacher, I don't know who that is. Schumacher must be another bot. That's sure. five seasons. Okay, Renato, so on on the topic, I, I need to have a little more of a history lesson here. How uh, long have you individually been with the Kingpins? Just the three seasons. Okay. Um, ha- has the has the mafia theme always been here? Yes. Yeah. When um, SD Corn Bauer created the team, it was the, the. You can still see the media post is still on. Um, I think it's like in the Kingpins. Like if you go to the, where like the updates are and everything, I think it's sure. there. Um, but yeah, you can see like a, he even. I think Bauer posted it, and it was like, um, I know what you're thinking. Isn't it a little cliche to have the 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 mafia Chicago thing? Well, I don't care. Like, basically, is the post. So, um, yeah, yeah, they've been the the logo that that kingpin logo is something that Moosey created last season as the secondary logo. Um, so that's mm. new. But the but everything else about the team uh, is basically the same as as it was created. Uh, the, we've also mixed up the ballpark this season. So mm. up until this season, it was a little bit more of a pitcher's park, and now it's a neutral park, pretty much. It's a it's a fun it's a fun branding. Yeah, it's one of those. It's so simple. It's clever and awesome. Yeah. Like the, the yeah. The, I would argue that this is the best logo in the PVE. I don't. But, um, I I don't know logos. I I don't know PVE well enough to like comment on that. <laughs> but it is a very good logo. Like I can tell you, it's it's a very nice. It's easy to look at. Yeah, like this tail holding a bat makes me think of a snake. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, the sixty sixers are a road. Swiss yeah, steeds are horses. That's cool. I mean, that, not that these are bad logos, but man, they just they aren't. The Bruce City Bears one is pretty clutch. Uh, that's <laughs> it's hard it. to argue that one, but, but yeah. Okay, so the so at least the second best, if not the best in the minors for sure, is what I would say. I think the bat's an interesting. I I just I don't know is that like a common mafia weapon? Yeah, someone I mean <laughs> Yes, not really. I mean it's not really used in any sort of media that I can think of. It would be like a tire iron or um or a, a lead pipe or something, right? Sure. Um but bats were, you know, that goes with the baseball theme. Some people there, there have been a lot of seasons where people do like they rate, they literally just rate logos. Yeah. based on their logos and I've seen a couple of media pieces that have mentioned that the Kingpin's Mafia dude should be holding a Gatling gun that's shooting baseballs <laughs> I mean, like a, like one of the trading machines <laughs> yeah except a, except a gun it's, it's oh my it. god and I'm like yeah that would be pretty cool I just don't know how you get that across in the <laughs> logo like you have pretty limited space uh, so I yeah, think the I um, carries it. Also, it's 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 kind of like 
you know, I the beer the beer is like on the line, but if we had like an actual like gun in the logo, I feel like we'd get some PG thirteen concerns, you know. <laughs> oh, that's fair. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I guess even in the majors, there aren't really any like offensive logos. Sure, it's it's the kind of thing you have to be safe with, you know. Yeah, that's fair. Well, I think we nailed it. I think we, I think the Kings yeah, nailed it. I agree. But yeah, so the pitching, I mean, again, outside of a couple of outliers, and I think, I don't know, I would argue that these two folks are probably due for some really good sim luck since they've had a lot of bad sim luck. Um, but yeah, overall, arguably the strongest pitching staff combined in the minors right now. So it's it's what we've always had. We've always been like third at worst in pitching, and now... We're really good in pitching, <laughs> so it's kind of <laughs> coming together. And you can see that second overall runs against that that speaks nice. to the defense as well as the pitching. So we got it going on. So let's get into the defense and the lineups. All right. Oh man. <laughs> so here's one thing I've learned. So I'm going to start off with you, and I want to let you know yeah. that it gets better. I want to let you know yeah. it's better. I honestly, um, so in, in my media piece, uh, McCoy mentions doing better than he thought he would, and I feel the exact same way. I thought I was not going to hit a home run. I thought my batting average was going to be well below 200. Honestly, I, I'm pretty content being like a kind of reliable. <laughs> So there's this weird dynamic in the minors with yeah. speed and arm. So I don't have you played with out of the park simulation stuff? No, I I know nothing about this sim engine like at all. Okay, so essentially your infield arm or outfield arm, depending on which position you play, is what dictates whether or not your player will attempt to throw to a base, and it and it doesn't. It's not a exact one to one versus, but when a defender is going to try to throw someone out, the sim looks at that defender, that uh, base runner's speed and base running. Yeah, okay. So in a sim where you have six speed and base running, a lot of guys are going to try to throw to first and get you out. (laughs) The higher your speed and base running, the less of a chance there is, right? Because if you're trying to rush the throw, you're going to force an error or you're just going to throw and he's going to be safe and who cares. So the sim checks all that stuff on the back end. Yeah. I can tell you that most defenders, uh, myself included, don't really have outfield arms. So if we yeah. look at the fielding ratings, uh, arms in general, so infield or outfield arms, uh, some of the really good defenders, so I, I'm a decent defender, we've got our shortstop here, uh, not really investing a ton in arm. Yeah. So when we talk about the the player who apparently does exist or whatever, uh, having very allegedly early, you're right. Having very early <laughs> success is because look at his speed and base running. Yeah, no, it's very high. So he is going to beat out a lot of throws to first um, and just and just crank out a ton of singles. And then he also has decent gap. So a t- those singles are going to turn into doubles and triples. That's essentially yep. how gap works, right? It just converts 
once there is a confirmed hit, then gap is checked to yeah. see if it turns into a double tri- or triple. But first you have to hit. So that's kind of the order of operations. It checks against... Okay. The, I, I, there's more to it than that. I follow, um, yeah. Because I think there was a really good stream uh, by DRC Nomads and Your Kidneys. Uh, I don't remember if it was yesterday, the day before. Um, I think it was yesterday. And they were talking about... Uh, your kidneys was talking about the actual order of operations the sin looks at, and I want to say, don't quote me on this, but I want to say it's it checks for a strikeout, it checks for a walk, then it checks for a hit, and then it checks for a home run. But that huh. could be completely wrong. That could be okay. so. Take that with a grain of salt. The most important thing from this conversation is <laughs> speed. Don't means, trust anything. You don't trust anything you say, and speed means hits. Speed means hits, especially in the minors, because you're going up a lot of uh, against a lot of defenders who have to cut corners somewhere. Sure, they have to, and and most of the uh, the other thing I'll say about the sim engine and how it deals with positions. So range is kind of king at every position. Yeah. So um, you you can see like my player, I did not put anything into error or arm. I only put into range. I I think those are both default values. It might you know yes. what it might be sixty thirty thirty as default values. But anyway, um, I, or uh, forty thirty thirty something like that. Regardless, my outfield range is sixty one. That's how I'm able to be a twenty nine rating center fielder. If yeah. you raise my error from 30 to 40, I gained maybe two points at center field. <laughs> so the sim really heavily favors range at pretty much all defensive positions. And then when you get to second base, the sim, the engine likes error at second base. So um, you're still probably going to be a better second baseman with range, but you're, this number, this position ratings number, will go up with more error. Uh, for third base, it's going to go up with more arm. Mm. So if you have a lot of arm, you're going to be highly rated at third base, even though that might not translate to instant success. Sure. Um, it's just it's just supposing that, okay, when a, a ball gets hit to third, that third baseman's got to throw, chuck the ball right away. Got to throw it hard. Yeah. Got to get it over there. And then, so, go ahead. Real quick, um, if the interaction between speed and arm is so important, is is there a time where I, as a power hitter, would invest in speed in the minors, or is that just like never going to happen? I think your speed caps at thirty. Is that right? It's it's bad. 25? I think it's thirty. Yeah. So you you can't really speed yourself <laughs> out of it. Is basically yeah. what it is. So so essentially, uh, so your equivalence, your future equivalence template is scary Terry. Okay. So you can see he had, I mean, his first season was about what you're playing at right now. Yes. And it's it's literally just eventually you'll get to those amazing stats where you can, yeah. okay, now you've got max, not max Babbitt, but huge Babbitt. Um, you've got really good power. You've got really high avoid Ks. So you'll get there. It's just until you get there, it's, it's, a, tough, it's a tough go. Sure. And again, that's just the build. So the, the that's the difference is the big man on campus build is the slow, slow to great, versus the uh, streak uh, build is you start out really strong and then kind of peter off. Hmm. Um, and then you've got the freak who is generally considered to be like the good build right now or the, the, not the, meta. the strongest build, but it's probably the most prevalent build at this point. Uh, because it's just a balanced build. So you got the defense, you've got the power, you've got the speed, 
You can kind of do a little bit of everything with the freak. Um, And you can see I came out of the gate swinging with with this character as well. Oh, nice. It's gotten steadily worse. (laughs) So get a sim, get a sim. Uh, There's not not much you can say about that. I think I way overperformed that first season. I think the second, like last season, I think I pretty much performed two expectations, still slightly above them. Uh, And then this season, I'm just under. And that's, you know, that's going to (laughs) happen. Just in time. Hey, you're slugging, you're slugging above four. Four ten, yeah. yeah. That's I mean, good. these aren't right. bad stats. It's just I'm a maxed character. I'm a max TPE character at this point. Sure. I have not earned any points for my character since last season. So end of last season, like, like with a week to go or two weeks to go, I was as good as I'm going to be in the minors. Mm. Um, so that's the part that's it's not like frustrating, but it's like oh man, <laughs> it's there's wish it sure. to... So yeah, that's all the kind of behind the scenes interaction stuff. But, um, yeah, I kind of mentioned this in my Twitter posts. You know, I'm, I'm just glad that the rest of the team is here to pick me up. You know, it's really great sure. to see pork chop sandwiches tee off this season. Um, again, after a fine uh, rookie season, having a great sophomore season. Yeah, no, that's a great styling. Yeah, and, and one thing you'll notice pretty consistently in the minors is Gap, while not useless, is really not where you want to focus. It's like Babbitt. Sure. Uh, get your eye and avoid K's to certain numbers, and then pretty much everything else should be power. Generally speaking. Yep. But yeah, he's having a great season, and then again, Scary Terry with the bounce back season. I already mentioned. <laughs> scary Terry. Yeah. <laughs> he is... I, yeah. I feel like that media piece has now permanently ruined my perception of other players. <laughs> because I'm always going to think about someone with claws trying to swing a bat. Like you got too far into yeah. it. <laughs> I got lost in the sauce. Yeah, man, it's it's uh his render does not match his, his in game I don't know, people have tried to do some funny stuff. I don't know how much you've looked at the player renders. Uh, they're uh they're weird. I mostly I mostly get um an idea of the characters from signatures. Yeah. And I you see some interesting ones. <laughs> Yeah, so so Remy Ratatouille, who's a a reliever on my that is BBS. It's a rat. <laughs> it's, it's I. It looks kind of accurate. Right. Yeah. And this is the the favorite. I'm not even sure what this was meant to be, but that's Barack Obama. How great is that? It looks like a. It looks like a like a character model glitch from like Dark Souls or something. <laughs> Yeah, there's like four mouths, and it's, it's, it's definitely nightmare fuel for sure, which is what I love about it. Oh, man. And then we got Shrek. My goodness. Yeah, well, you know, we're, we're children. We're all children. It's fine. It's like, Shrek would be good at baseball, you know? Like, most of these builds are funny because they're obscure. Like bet, like Barry B. Benson pitching is funny, but Shrek would probably be a pretty good baseball player. I think that's fair. I mean, he is, yeah. so that's <laughs> it works out. <laughs> he is good. Yeah, checks out. We have a hundred contact. Wow. Yeah, eventually. So, um, so the Barry. engine's calculations a little bit more under the hood. Contact is a combination of avoid K's, home runs, and BABIP. So BABIP yep. is the primary stat. 
and then home run adds to that contact and avoid Kegs adds to that contact. So maybe the order of, oh man, I really wish I remembered this because it was such a cool thing to learn and then it completely went out of my brain. Don't get old because then you'll forget things. Um, yeah, it, I, so maybe it was strike, walk, home run, hit. Maybe it was that hmm. order. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I just can't remember. Bad Based off so, of yeah, what ahead. you described, it sounds like it's a check for hit or not, and then it decides what the hit is, and if it's not a hit, it decides if you strike out, if you just take it, or if you uh, ground it, whatever. I mean, That's I'll what it sounds the, like. Yeah, I'll watch the VOD. I'll watch the VOD okay. and figure it out. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, the point is, so BABIP is king uh, because BABIP basically determines even if you're up against a good defense, it's still going to be a hit. So yes. That's, that's why, like, Maxing out BABIP is never a bad idea. Yep. And then in the minors, you know, people talk about home run power. I don't know. I've had some good seasons with home runs, so I really can't speak one way or the sure. other. But I'm also having a really bad season with home runs. <laughs> so um, um, I I have noticed as a whole, I I put I have a pretty balanced build, but I've put the most into power, and my batting average has remained pretty low. But I have so many RBIs for a rookie. I'm at, I think, like 20-something now. Let's see. Yeah, 23 RBIs for rookies. Like, very clean. Um, and this is a build that has max home run power and then contact. Yeah. Well, not max, but most points have been put into home run. So that's that's kind of my build right now is I have a kind of traditional... Not a great hitter, but a good slugger guy. Yeah, another thing that happens kind of behind the scenes. So there are soft caps Yeah. to stats. Um, and there was a media post about it. You may have seen it. Essentially, the soft caps were accidentally set to spring training instead of the normal season. But um, <laughs> oh, no. these are kind of additional modifiers that get applied to all that stuff. So as a league, there are only going to be so many hits before the sim starts kind of calming it down. There are only going to be so many home runs before the league kind of shuts it down. Um, And then based on those numbers, it gives like raw modifiers. So, so throughout the season, it doesn't like, it's not like we hit 27 home runs and then there are no home runs. It's like the league is going to try, like the sim is going to try to adjust to about 2,700 home runs in a year Hmm. in, in the minors is essentially the calculation that they're shooting for. So so that soft cap can also affect, like, if a bunch of players went power right now, they, they it would be to their detriment if everyone was just boosting power because the league's going to hit that, that behind-the-scenes cap target every day. And so sure. even though people are in, like, the 70s in power, they're still not going to be hitting that many more home runs. And the same could happen with hits, right? If everyone was too focused on BABIP, then that 28,000 hits comes into effect. So there's a lot of that back-end calculation stuff too that happens that it's kind of like tiebreaker scenario stuff right when yeah. the sim doesn't know what to do with things it checks these the, these mm-hmm. modifiers basically it's the panic button right <laughs> so so yeah that's so that's another layer to it as well like if a bunch of players who are traditionally very good start performing very poorly and you see a bunch of rookies start to overperform then mm. part of that is well the sim doesn't care because the overall stats are balanced so it's yeah. not worried about the individual players so much. It's just worried about how the league looks. Yes. So, so that's another thing to, to factor. Pretty cool. 
But yeah, and it's I think the most exciting for me as again my third season with the Kingpins, we got two guys who were still in some bags. <laughs> he stole one base because he's got he's got some. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome. It's actually risky because it's stealing. So that's another thing that happens in calculations. If your stealing is lower than your speed, um, you get really bad jumps. Yeah. So you try to take off more, but you get terrible jumps. Uh, versus if your speed, if your stealing is higher than your speed, you get amazing jumps. So it's like when Anthony Rizzo steals a base. Yeah. Like he's not going to go very often, but when he does, he's like a hundred percent sure he's going to get it because he gets a really smart jump on it. Yeah. So that's another kind of weird behind the scenes type thing. Is bunt always low for everyone? Um, Are, do people play the bunt? It's it's pretty low value. I would say in the minors it plays a little bit again because of the arm factor. Sure. Uh, we noticed that Alex Frank had some success with bunting in <laughs> in testing because he actually has decent bunting. It's just yeah. he's so slow. So so putting him <laughs> above like one or two ticks of of bunting is a bad idea if you're trying to bunt for hit. I'm um, not, but that's <laughs> that's interesting. The bunt is um. I think it's a lost art in the modern game. Yeah, I mean, it's had, uh, it's underrespected. We had some players try it um, in earlier. I mean, again, the the, his, the league's been around a lot longer than I have sure. uh, in PBE. So there was a player, Al Bunty, who was literally built around it, but it was so bad <laughs> that they had to completely redo the character. Al Bunty. <laughs> And now it's your intentions, wild and proud. Yeah, it was definitely a lot of, like, I'm not sure. I think in the history, oh, in the scouting, maybe. No, it doesn't really show that stuff. But, yeah, it's one of those, like, the you you try to experiment, and then you realize how bad it is, and then you're like, well, it's not fun to see me always be terrible, so <laughs> we're going to change it now. Yeah. But, yeah, there are a couple people, there are a couple speedsters who... Like I said, just have a lot of success in the minors. Is like speed. Speed never slumps in the minors. Yeah. In the majors, it does. Uh, in the minors, not so much. But you can see, like, uh, Nusuma Reta Diamundo is. I think that's literally like. I steal bases or something. We there are a lot of people who are really clever with other languages. Yes. Um, but yeah, and she. You can see she's like super built for stealing. Um, yep. But she's just been well, fine. She hasn't had any amazing seasons. This is probably her breakout season and would be considered like an okay season. Yes. 63 stolen bases in the seasons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's I mean, pretty it's... crazy. That's crazy in real baseball. <laughs> I don't think there's a catcher. So, so again, these are going to go up against pitchers and catchers, right? And most catchers, yeah. uh, most pitchers don't invest in hold runners in the minors. And most catchers don't go above 50 for their arm. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's going to be really tough to throw out a runner like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can see um, another fellow Death Valley Scorpion is the king of uh, stealing bases. So three seasons in a row, he had the most steals, 82-72-72. Wow. Yeah, he does all right. 82. He's a... Uh, okay. This is one thing about the structure of PBE that still doesn't really... It does bother me a little bit. I was going to say it doesn't bother me, but it does. So you have a GM and a co-GM. Yes. You don't have two co-GMs. 
<laughs> you don't have a GM and an assistant GM. You have a GM and a co-GM. <laughs> why? What? Why does that? Why does that bother you? Because co it should be either two co-GMs or an or a GM and an assistant GM, and that's it. There is no. You can't have a GM the- and a co-GM because what is the co-GM going with? I I don't think co only means shared power. What let me let me search for? this real quick. What but listen, what is co short oh, for? I I actually don't know is it cooperative? I Okay, maybe I'm wrong, but I believe it is. I believe it is cooperative or cooperating. Yeah, I believe that's the answer. So if one person's cooperating and the other person is just a GM, what is that first person cooperating with specifically? And how does cooperating with something set you as less than something else? That's, okay, that's again, that's, this is just a me thing. This is a me thing. This is the English language just annoying me. I understand it why it would bother you. Um, but I, I was just taught to understand it, and now I understand it. <laughs> so because of my lack of understanding, I, I think you just... Don't know who who is a GM and a co-GM in most locker rooms, including my own. (laughs) Like, I'm pretty sure Dag is the GM and Moosey's the co-GM. I'm pretty sure that's the dynamic, but I don't... I think it's the inverse. I don't actually know if um, in the DVS locker room, if Person Man is the GM and um, Frick Nasty is the co-GM, or if it's the other (laughs) way around. And people... And they get offended. Like... Yeah, you know, not in a rude way, but they're like, actually, oh, I'm the because <laughs> it because it's like a, it's it's a there's a strict hierarchy, you know, and you've like you violated the social standings by not knowing it. <laughs> this is my official appeal to change co GM to assistant GM. That's it. Or make them both co GMs. That's I mean that's again there are two very clear solutions for my brain sure. to function. They're either both co GMs or there's an, a GM and an AGM. And the other part of it is that's the MLB structure. It's yeah GM, the got AGM. That's it. You don't call anyone co GM. Yeah, be like a I think most sports thing. do. I think most sports call them assistant GMs. Yeah. So. That's my rant. Thank you for participating in From it. From now on, anytime in the Kingpin's locker room you say co-GM, you will be tagged and mercilessly bullied until you say assistant. I, I mean, I don't know how Dag and Moosey would feel about it, but that's how I feel about it, absolutely. <laughs> I, think, I think in the end they're well, just trying to make a fun and interactive place and they don't want to, you know, sure. shit on people, basically, but... <laughs> Um, well, uh, they're not in the podcast, so we can set the rules, okay? I love it. See, you understand how this podcast works already. It's great. We don't check facts. Yeah. We don't remember things. And we just set whatever <laughs> rules we want. It's great. Anarchy is the only rule. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, sir, uh, yeah. we, we're already over our hour. so uh, Nice. I know. It's, it, it goes, this has been fun. Listen, this is the, the the pleasure has been all on this side of the microphone. Um, it's I, I love again. I love interacting with new folks. 
on the podcast. I love getting new perspectives on the podcast. Uh, and I love kind of continuing locker room discussions, right? Like we always have sure. those, those kind of quick, like, oh, hey, try this, or uh, hey, do you need help with that? You know, and, and then kind of expanding on it in, in these conversations is a, a lot of fun. So glad to have you. And like I said, I think next week we'll probably do the the majors-minors relationship because I think it's something that uh, PBE does really well in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I think PBE also has some opportunity um, so I'd love to kind of flesh that out. And like I said, I'd like to get at least a Dag or a Moosey, if not both. Uh, maybe One of the important or... ones. Well, just, yeah, I mean, again, get the perspective from Miners GMs themselves. Sure. And then it would be really cool to get Bauer in here since he's got kind of both of those perspectives. Uh, it'd be good to get TARDIS in here as well. So hopefully, yeah, hopefully one of our GM uh, friends... GM or co-GM or, or secret super assistant GM man, whatever whatever title they want to there's, give themselves. There's a third that hides in the shadows. We just it don't is. know. The stealth GM. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's probably what we'll do next week. Uh, any any parting thoughts or any last uh, final words before we close it out? Uh, well, it's been good to be here. Hopefully, I'll be here next podcast and the next one after that. So thanks for having me. Anytime. Yeah, this is this is always open. I always tell everyone in the locker room, like, this is open for you guys. <laughs> At this point, I've made enough money that I could, like, just not do this for three seasons and be fine. <laughs> um, I, I do this because, uh, well, again, I like the history collection portion sure. of it, but also because I can get up to three other people four million PBE bucks. Yeah, So I was um, actually, um, I was scared to do this. No. Yeah, I have um I I don't know what it is about this league in particular, but I have like this weird anxiety about PB. Um and I I was afraid to like come in here. <laughs> Cuz I I'm like I feel like I don't know enough to share my opinions yet. <laughs> no, that's that's honestly the evolution of those opinions is also a fun subject, right? Like you might come yeah. in here with, with saying one thing today and then four yeah. weeks from now, you might have a completely different opinion. And, and I think yeah, I mean, we're about content. to talk about um, minor leagues, and I have literally no idea what the majors are like at all. So I, I will have a very different perspective than everyone else here. <laughs> and I only know uh, the only knowledge I have of the majors is based on my my some of my interactions in our uh, majors locker room with the Scorpions, sure. uh, but also uh, the fantasy baseball pb fantasy baseball thing we have sure. to do. that's the only reason i know like any majors players and then, of course like the the twitch broadcast a lot happens on the broadcast but i'm glad you came in glad you overcame Thanks. the anxiety i'd love to have you on again anytime and uh yeah thanks thanks to those of you who who listened i always appreciate uh all of our like i said our tens of of listeners out there thank you for being celebrities here. And being a part of the Crush Fam, um, as always, love to hear feedback. You know, if there's something in particular you guys would like to hear us talk about, uh, feel free to let us know. Uh, with that being said, uh, again, thanks for your time, and I'll see yeah. you on the field. Take care. Thanks for listening. If you are not yet a member of PBE and would like to learn more, visit us online at www.probaseballexperience.com. Dot J-C-I-N-K dot net.